Welcome to Combos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where each episode covers the many facets of mental health and well-being. Hello, I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on this episode, I'll be talking with my colleagues Angel Kramer and Laura McClure, and we'll be talking about the 2018 animated film The Grinch. So welcome, Angel and Laura. Hello. Just to give a real quick synopsis about this version of The Grinch, The Grinch and his loyal dog, Max, live all alone inside a cave on Mount Crumpet. His main source of aggravation comes during Christmas time when his neighbors in Whoville celebrate the holidays with a bang. When the Who's decide to make Christmas bigger and brighter, the Grinch hatches a plan to pose as Santa to steal Christmas and silence the Who's holiday cheer once and for all. So there we go with that. So as we start our conversation about this version of The Grinch, what did you both think about it? The movie's cute. Mm-hmm. It's a endearing Christmas film, holiday film, and it's all the bright colors, all the holiday colors that keep you engaged. The music is catchy and fun. Aesthetically, it is very, the animation is very good. Yeah. 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 I thought it was really cute. I love Christmas movies. I, of all genres, it's just my jam. And I enjoyed it being a return to the animation. That was fun for me. I thought it was super cute. There were times I thought it was a little too like smack in your face, the lesson. Like they, they just spelled it out a little too much to where instead of just inferring, but that could just be the state of the world we're in today. But overall, I would tell everybody to watch it. I enjoyed it as well. I, I think it was great to look at aesthetically with the animation. Loved the story. I loved, I get sensitive to how dogs are treated. And even though Max is like a little cartoon dog, he, the Grinch in this version is kind of to, yeah, he overworks Max a little bit, but he's at least kind to his dog, even though Max very much serves the Grinch, but I think he does show like a kinder version to mm-hmm. his little dog Max there. And it softens the Grinch a little bit yeah. to see him be so much nicer to the animals in his life, Max and the reindeer. One mm-hmm. of my parts of the movie is when the reindeer is giving the puppy dog eyes and the Grinch is like, Max, did you teach him that? <laughs> That's what I forgot about the reindeer. Oh my gosh. Reindeer was my favorite part of the movie. And like, (laughs) honestly, you saw the humanization of the Grinch happen so quickly when, as soon as the reindeer entered his life and he just started and then he let him go. Yeah. Yeah. So I forgot about that reindeer. And yeah, I think that humanization of the Grinch and the softer side, I, I think another thing that played into that is we get a little bit of the backstory of the Grinch as well, which humanizes him a bit. And we see why he is what, like how he is. So he was an orphan and he sounds like wasn't treated well. And I think that's why we see how he is. What Angel, your thoughts on that a little bit more? Yeah, I think it's an interesting comparison between the animated version from 1966 with the Grinch being very flat and just a negative character overall compared to the 2018 animated version where we have this backstory we have a little bit more information if we just watched the 1966 version the Grinch probably has any social personality yeah the markers are there there's no other background information to support anything differently and then we look at this one and 
there's a little bit more of a question mark behind it. Is depression happening? Is there some bipolar disorder tendencies happening? Are we just looking at some childhood trauma and attachment issues happening? So watching it from that perspective and just trying to suss out some things for us to talk about today, that kind of changes the view of the Grinch. Definitely. Laura, anything you want to add to that? I think I would just agree with Angel, but I actually might say that I think for me that tends to be like, oh yeah, you do have more of that personality cluster B personality mm -hmm. disorder, because for me that's childhood significant childhood trauma really goes into one of those four personality disorders and so I think having the origin makes me go oh yeah I think that might be what's happening here I can see that like reactive attachment disorder as a child morphing into what it's going to be as an adult and we need those positive like reparenting experiences and the part of Laura that loved part work just get so excited to start identifying yes. all of the parts. They start to tingle. Can I say I think of that too when I watch some of the shows? I'm like, oh, Laura's going to love this part. <laughs> I think it's the same thing. <laughs> Every time they start singing, you see that little like four-year-old part where he walked away from the Christmas tree come out. Yes. Hmm. And again, with this version, I agree with both of you. Just seeing that backstory, seeing his trauma, seeing like the hints of the depression he's feeling the loneliness that he feels like I, I did sense more of a yearning that he does want to be a part but no I can't the thing that push and pull but yeah I think for this version definitely I sense the loneliness that the Grinch felt for sure So another thing that I had noticed in watching it is more of like a difference between previous versions and this versions and our attitude of acknowledging like mental health was the representation of like families showing like a single mother family and the type of like overwork and stress that she has, but then also showing how as a kid, Cindy Lou picked up on that mm -hmm. and that her idea, what she wanted for Christmas wasn't gifts, but that she wanted her mom to be less stressed. And I think it's an important lesson about how just because parents or adults try to hide things and we wear this mask of everything's okay, that our kids sense that and they feed on that. Mm -hmm. How is that kind of fueling some of the mental health crisis we have going on with kids right now? Even the part where the mom tells Cindy Lou that she is her greatest gift. Like even part of that was like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's so much pressure. Yeah. and just feeling all of that for poor little Cindy in that moment and how sweet it is but also that double-edged sword of what that really means of how I have to act and what kind of grades I need yeah. to bring home and how perfect I need to be because my mom has sacrificed all this for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there are two younger kids who yeah. I'm guessing are twins who are causing so much extra stress let me step in and take care of them as the oldest I like this version because they built out her character a little bit more. They gave her more of the backstory and, and she's a stronger character, uh, adventurous personality. I really like this version of Cindy Lou Who better than probably the two other versions of the Grinch that have come out. So I agree. And you felt like how harried the mom was as a parent. I, I knew what that mom was feeling like, especially when you have little kids like that. So that really drew me in more as well. Yep. That scene of her being like a night shift nurse 
falling asleep on the bus. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have literally, when I used to do overnights in the hospital, I've literally fallen asleep in my car before I left the hospital. I'm like, I related to that so much and I don't even have kids. So. All right. So how do we tie this into this time of year being stressful in general? And I think as we're talking about the mom, we're seeing her stress of being that single parent, but we know this time of year is really stressful for a lot of people. So let's talk about some tips of how to help people navigate that. I know a lot of times what I see people when they're stressed is that they're so overcommitted. There's so many different holiday gatherings. They're trying to make it to this one and over there. And a lot of my conversations, like, how do you set a boundary of self-care for yourself just to give yourself permission to say, no, I can't make it and to conserve your own time and be aware of your own bandwidth for what you can do? Because we saw in the movie how mom was just frantic. And so how to not allow ourselves to be like that as well. So this is my thoughts. Laura, do you have some thoughts to add to that? Yeah, I think I would add, I kind of work with clients on like developing an exit strategy. Know what is your limit? I'm going to go to this function. Know how long. Two hours is my max that I can spend there. And this is how I'm going to let everybody know that this is my boundary of two hours. And then I think always working with myself, knowing that there's hot button issues that we all have that sometimes get brought up. And so I figure out what are my hot button issues that I don't really want to talk about with extended family. And I kind of work to develop how do I respectfully shut those conversations down pretty quickly. And then to bring it back to the Grinch, we can take some cues from what happened in the movie. When we get lost in all of it, we can feel so lonely and like we don't have a support and slowing ourselves down and recognizing that most of us probably do have that neighbor or that friend like the Grinch has who you are their best friend, even if you don't recognize it yourself. And they are so enthusiastic about you being their best friend. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that little moment in our life. We're taking a cue from little Miss Cindy Lou Who and closing your eyes and enjoying the joy that is happening. Listening to the vibration, feeling the vibration of music. We see that in the Grinch itself when the Grinch slows down and closes his eyes and feels the vibration of the music and his heart grows three sizes. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Angel. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having this conversation with me about this version of the Grinch. And happy holidays to you both. Happy holidays. I'd also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Witten, and Chris Kelman, with a special thank you to Jason Clayton, who edits our episodes. Thank you for listening to Conversation on the Couch. Take care, everyone. 